0: Welcome to Andy Staple's On 3, and yes, it's another pick show, and yes, I am well aware of what happened last week. I made 13 picks on last week's show. Our social media guru, Jack, reached out and said, hey, we can only fit eight of these on a graphic. Which eight do you want? I said, don't worry. I like them all. They're all good. So he picked eight of those picks. He put them on a graphic. We sent it out into the ether. I said, I was eight and two against the spread last week. Follow me. I'll lead you to the promised land. And ladies and gentlemen, I was absolutely perfect on those picks. I got every single one of them wrong. 0-8. I was four and one on the ones that Jack didn't choose, mind you. But that's a lot less funny. And you probably only saw the graphic and you thought this guy made eight picks. He got them all wrong. I need to fade this gentleman. And you know what? If you decide after watching or listening to this show that you're going to fade every one of my picks, I don't blame you one bit. It's hard to be perfect. I was perfect. I don't think I could have been worse if I'd been trying to get them all wrong. I don't know what to tell you. Sometimes it is just not your weekend, but I persevere. I keep going. This is a loaded college football weekend. We've got Casey Smith from Barstool Sports as our guest picker. We are going to break the games down. I am going to pick them. I may get them all wrong again. In that case, I hope you fade me. But I got a better feeling about this week. There's a lot to chew on here. And our friends at FanDuel, they bring us these lines. And man, They have made it very intriguing. There's so many storylines, so many great games. Obviously, Notre Dame and Ohio State is the headliner. Ohio State, a slight favorite on the road. But there's some really interesting ones like, oh, I don't know, Oklahoma going to Cincinnati in Cincinnati's first ever Big 12 game. And Oklahoma is a more than two touchdown road favorite. That's a wild line right there. You got Ole Miss going to Alabama getting seven points. If you've been following all the drama between Ole Miss and Alabama, if you've been following all the problems with Alabama's offense, if you've been listening to this show, watching this show, you know about all that stuff. FanDuel has given us a lot to work with. So go to fanduel.com slash staples and with a $5 bet, you get $200 in guaranteed bets. That's fanduel.com Slash Staples, download that FanDuel app and get going. They got all these games. They got the NFL games, whatever you want to wager on, they have it at FanDuel. So download that app, use that code Staples, $5, get $200 in guaranteed bonus bets. There's a lot to wager on this weekend. So many good college football games. It is a wall to wall slate. We're gonna break those all down, and I'm gonna pick what I think's gonna what I think's gonna hit this time. It is up to you. I leave the decision up to you, dear viewer slash dear listener. Follow me, fade me. It's not gonna hurt my feelings either way. I have to earn back your trust. I went zero and eight. Okay, I realize I went. Four and 12, or four and nine. I'm bad at math. This is probably why I went 0 and eight. I went four and nine, but according to the graphic, I went 0 and eight, and that's all that really matters. We'll put another graphic out on Thursday. I'll probably be wrong on some of these. I'll probably be right on some of these. I probably won't be perfect, but I got a good feeling about this one. Just like I had a good feeling last week? Nah, better feeling this week. Follow me. Fade me. Don't worry. It won't hurt my feelings. Let us head to the picks. Casey Smith is our guest. I leave it up to you whether you want to go along with this advice or go against it. We welcome the great Casey Smith from Barstool Sports. You can hear her on the Unnecessary Roughness podcast, the Barstool Sports College Football Show, the Barstool Sports Pro Football Show, Man, you're busy.
1: Very busy, and make sure you get this correct, Andy, because well, I get yelled at too. It's the Pro Football Football Show. It's
0: two. Of oh, those. two footballs. Two footballs. Okay. Yes,
1: that was a pardon my take uh, extravaganza. Dan Katz oh. and and PFT. They decided it's the Pro Football Football Football. Show. Well, yes, Dan, but very Dan very, very busy around here. You get it.
0: Dan pronounces the word football in the perfect way. The like the the perfect Midwestern way. He calls no, it I've football. Never noticed that. He takes the tea out. It's football.
1: I I honestly have never noticed that. I've worked with him now for six years. That's all I'm going to hear now. Like I'm getting on a plane to go to Chicago to, to do those two shows. And all I'm going to hear, it's going to be like Charlie Brown around me, but I'm just going to hear the word football, <laughs> football over
0: football, and over. Football, football, football. Yeah.
1: I love it. I love it. It's something, you know, you learn something new every day about these guys. I mean, you know them very well, too. It's it's a crazy, crazy world around here. But um, I'm excited to get some time with you because I, I just finished recording Unnecessary Roughness with Brandon. You are a much nicer and more pleasant person to do a show with than Brandon is. So I appreciate that I get to follow it up with you and kind of relax.
0: Well, your, your co-host, Brandon Walker, and I, I, I do think we're very similar. We're a lot more similar, I think, than people realize. I, I noticed that because I'd listened to him for a long time. I don't, don't know him well. Uh, but when he invited me on your, show, I believe you were still on maternity leave mm-hmm. when I went on the show, and he and I just got into this very deep discussion of barbecue in Starkville. Oh yeah, and oh. we're both, you know, Petty's may it rest in peace. We're both Petty's <laughs> guys, and so I think people, you know, people assume he's he's like a more crude, ver- like he's either a more crude version of me or I'm a, a less caustic version of him. One, one of those. I think you're things. a less
1: caustic version of him, but I, I will say, and you know, you know how this goes in this business. If you sit down with Brandon off air, off camera, off a microphone, he is very down to earth, very chill, very nice and polite, which, you know, you would not know listening to him, but no, you got, you guys are very similar. You both love your food. And in fact, I think that I told him one of the first times we ever talked about you way back when was, uh, when you and I met, at AM and we talked yeah. about the tacos in college station. Oh yeah. So I mean Fuego tacos I think was what made you and I friends. And I told Brandon if we go to college station, we gotta go to Fuego so that you can have what Andy Staples and I bonded over and he appreciated Absolutely. that.
0: Well and, and Fuego is something that every I see I believe every large state university should be required to have a twenty four hour taco place Agreed. on the corner of campus. Uh <laughs> it just it should be a law, like a federal yes. law of course Uh, so i was neighbors with a a guy in gainesville who he he does consulting in the restaurant business and so he went when a restaurant wants to come to town he'll help them find the site and all that stuff and i told him about fuego and he actually ended up meeting with the the ceo and i was like there's gonna be a fuego in game it it didn't work out i was so sad
1: It's so good. And you're so right that, you know, and I'm biased. I love College Station and I, you know, I, I love everything about it, especially when I was there. But if you, it's right on the, if you've never been to it, which I'm sure a lot of people listening to this, like, why would I care? I'm telling you, if you go to College Station, it's right on a corner of campus. You can walk across. Yeah, it's right University there. It's in Texas, it's- that's. Yeah, and it's but it's not some like you know crappy little taco stand that's good when you've been out at a bar because those do exist and those are fantastic. Don't get me wrong, a two a.m. taco doesn't matter. This is actually a place that I would go for breakfast and lunch when I've not had anything to drink, and that's when you know it stands up the test of time. If I'm making plans to go there during the day, and I'll go after the bars. I mean, what can, more more can you ask for in college?
0: Oh, it it, it is unbelievable. Again, federal law, and if Love anybody it. wants to stake me on this, I will I will come to your campus and point to the corner across <laughs> the street where you should put your 24 hour taco restaurant. So run on that let, platform, Andy, and you do well. It's exactly right. I wouldn't have to make shows or I wouldn't have to generate so many hot takes, but well, yeah. let's, let's stay in college station because we're okay. going to we're start picking games. These lines all come from our friends at FanDuel Auburn at Texas A&M Casey, you are the person I come to when I want to diagnose the psyche of the people in Aggieland. Where are we at right now with this team?
1: It's a fair question. And I, I will be honest with you. You probably would get a little bit of backlash if people heard that you come to me for that, because I still feel like there are so many people, and it's not just A&M, this is fan bases in general, that if you talk bad about a team or if you tell you kind of tell the truth about where you stand with your own team, that it makes you a bad fan. I don't subscribe to that. Cause I actually think good fans tell the truth on how they feel And I think that if you put some truth serum and a lot of people in College Station, they would say that the Jimbo Fisher era has not lived up to what it's supposed to. And that's not just a crazy hot take. I mean, we handed this man a national championship trophy with a blank plaque on it when he got hired, you know, paying the amount of money guaranteed that he has. And, you know, to, to miss a bowl game last year with the number one overall recruiting class. And I understand. Yeah, it takes some time. We've seen in other parts of the country. It doesn't take that long for guys to get their guys on campus and have success. So. To, to answer it, you know, I could talk about this for hours, but I think that people are are truly waiting to see what this SEC run looks like for Jimbo. And I think this is make or break for this, this year for him. I think, you know, I was already ready last year to kind of say, hey, like this is just not going to work out. Let's find the money. We've got the money. It's oil money. Let's buy the man out. I think it's fair to give him this season. After watching what happened against Miami, Miami's a good team. Tyler Van Dyke's a very good quarterback, but that was really frustrating. This game against Auburn is massive. For how people stand with him, massive.
0: So, as we all know, the, the the graphic was put out last week with eight picks from me that were all wrong.
1: It happens. And, it happens. And right,
0: right in, but right into the right out of the gate, this game is messing with my head, Casey, because mm-hmm. I know that Hugh Freeze is going to win one of these, correct, outright, and may cover a couple of them, but I don't know which one because Auburn ain't there yet, mm-hmm. like. He will get them there, but they're not there yet. And the, the, the part I can't figure out with Texas A&M is is it possible that Miami's just good? And, and I think the answer
1: for that is yes, I really okay. do. And, you know, as, as I was in Tuscaloosa when that game was happening. So, of course, you know, that was just a devastating blow because then I go out and watch, you know, Texas beat Alabama, which, you know, that that's a whole different story. But in the moment when a lost that game, I was like, here we go again. I put out a video that was just like, what's it going to take? And I still have those feelings. However, I think Miami is actually very good. When you look at the ACC, and we'll talk about Clemson and Florida State uh, later on, but I mean, you know, Miami's in the mix for me because I do think that AM is better than what I felt like when they lost. And I think Miami was this year what they were supposed to be last year. However, the defense is a problem at AM. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what you know. this Auburn offense is going to look like in SEC play. Peyton Thorne's been fine. They've not played anybody either.
0: Yeah, it was a good Cal. The defense is the biggest Cal.
1: issue. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Cal, Cal. Cal's not a bad football team, by the way. And maybe that's just, you know, revisionist history going into this pick. Um, but AM's defense is is struggling and they have a lot of talent there. And they're they're good on third down, and that's fine. But can they hold up against an SEC offense with Hugh Freeze, who's known to have some pretty good offenses? I don't know. But AM's offense looks pretty good. Connor Wegman, everybody's high on him. You want to talk about the AM psyche. Connor Wegman is the guy in everybody's minds. You know, set a record last week against ULM, but fine. You know, we've seen AM struggle and sleepwalks in yeah, these games. And he didn't do that. So I was
0: going to say, Appalachian State last year wasn't fine. So you got to bring up that's... old
1: things. You got to hurt me You're right <laughs> off the well, top of the show, huh?
0: What, what, what amazes me is, is they get the offense fixed. And the offense does look very crisp. And then the defense is the problem. And, and that's that's the part, because Miami's, you know, I, I think Miami's better. I'm not sure how dynamic Miami is offensively. I, we're we're going to find okay. out going forward. But I do know, like, Auburn's best talent is actually on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. So that's my, that's my, what, what's in the back of my head when I get seven and a half points in a game is thinking, okay, maybe they do slow down AM's offense a little bit and their offense has been bad but if texas a&m's defense is bad then maybe they can maybe they can score so i am going to take auburn to cover here i don't know if they're going to win but okay. you give me a more than a touchdown i feel pretty good about that
1: yeah, no, I, I don't hate that. I'm gonna take AM and it's not just because I'm an Aggie. I, I do think that this is the, the, the type of game that we're gonna see uh this offense really start to click. And I I don't know what to expect with Peyton Thorn. I don't think Auburn is near as bad as a lot of people do. And I know that the SEC West as a whole right now is kind of a gigantic question mark. Um, and that that to me is a bigger storyline moving forward. This is one of those games where we're really gonna see where these two teams are. I'm gonna take AM in the points. Uh I do think that it's gonna be close. Throughout the first half, though, I don't think that this is one of those games that A and M comes out and just fires. I mean, Hugh Hugh Freeze and Jimbo Fisher alone is a headline story, uh, but I maybe it's wishful thinking. But I'm gonna take A and M in the points.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's one of those things where it, this is the kind of game we need to see A and M win. Yes, over and over, like they need to win this game. They need to win the Mississippi State game. Like, the ones that are, or you know, Arkansas. The ones that they have more talent, and they mm-hmm. should just because like Auburn in a couple of years, we'll have the same talent level that AM has right, now. Right, So you've got to get and them that, now.
1: That's, and that's the bigger thing, Andy, right? It's like if you're an AM fan or you're paying attention to what the Aggies are doing, that's the most frustrating part. It's like all the talent in the world, all the money in the world, everything, except for a head coach that appears to right now not be the best fit. So you're right. These are the games that Jimbo has to win in order for his seat to not, I mean, be on the hottest setting possible.
0: Yeah. Which it's still $76 million. Like amazing to me.
1: Uh, Can you imagine, can you just imagine
0: knowing? You'd never see me again. You would never see me again. I would never work again.
1: Never. And why would you want to, with all the scrutiny that these coaches get like, see ya, I'll be
0: on a boat somewhere. Exactly. All right. You mentioned Florida state Clemson. Let's, let's go to to that death Valley. And it's Clemson is a two and a half point dog at home, this one is interesting to me because it's another one of, have we seen the real version of these teams yet? Like mm-hmm. was, was the Florida state LSU game, the these best version of Florida state we're going to see all year, or was that who they are and Boston college was not who they are. Okay. Was Clemson Duke actually Clemson or was that the worst version of Clemson? Are they going to be better? Like, this is again when you go, oh, and oh, and whatever, like I did last weekend, it messes with your head.
1: Yes, it does. I understand. I'm, I'm, oh, for in my mortal locks on the college football show, and I'm the only one. So I totally feel you. Uh, this game is, is, is going to be super interesting for even people who are just looking at the playoff race. And that I think that when you look at this slate, and I know we've talked about it, week four slate is awesome. But the fact that we have a lot of games that are going to really, kind of kickstart the playoff conversation in September is great and Florida State right now I had them winning the ACC going into the season I'm very high on Jordan Travis uh, but Clemson surprised me the way they lost to Duke in week one and of course it being a standalone game you go out and you lose by 21 points everyone's going to be talking about it you know the the Dabo dynasty of being in the playoff is it completely dead what's going on I'm scared of what Clemson's going to be able to do after they sit at home and for two weeks they're just like kind of in the background, quietly just kicking the hell out of these teams. I think they want to combine like 80 points. Listening to everybody, they talk were about down it, they to Charleston any...
0: Southern in the second quarter. Let's not go crazy.
1: I mean, well, I mean, it's just to me, to me, it's like it's still Dabo, right? I mean, I understand yeah. he's behind in the transfer portal. I understand there's a lot of questions on how he's going to adapt to this new landscape of college football. He still knows how to win national titles. But with that being said, I really, really like Florida State. And I think what we saw against Boston College was a sleeper performance against a team that's not very good. And let's not act like we haven't seen that recently. I mean, Georgia did that with Kent State last year. Now, they won by more than two, but it was still a a situation where you're just like, okay, sometimes you have to give these teams these types of games. Is Jordan Travis completely healthy? That's a question that I have. I'm going to take Florida State here. I think that they went outright, but I just – I don't know. Clemson's a scary storyline if you're a Florida State fan because it still is Clemson. Now, yeah. what does K. Clubnick look like? After all offseason, we heard how he was going to be the savior and how they ran DJ off to the West Coast for him. He didn't look that great against Duke. So can he look that great against Florida State? We'll see.
0: It has been since 2014 since Florida State won in this series. I was at that game. That was the Jameis Winston got suspended game. Oh, yeah. If Dabo starts Deshaun Watson instead of Cole Stout, Clemson wins that game pretty easily. Instead, God. it came down to the wire and Florida State wins it. it can't, I can't believe it's been that long. I must say,
1: sh- the fact it's nine years ago
0: is crazy. shocking. So we're
1: old. We're just old.
0: I know. I'm not going to overthink this one, Casey. I saw Florida State against LSU, mm-hmm. LSU has better talent than Clemson. Like yes. Clemson has a decent amount of NFL dudes. LSU has more and Florida state dominated them in the second half Yeah, dominated them. So I'm not going to overthink it. I'm taking Florida state to win this thing, Let's do it. which if that happens, Clemson's probably out in the ACC. Oh yeah. Barring a miracle run. Cause they, if they lose one more, they're, they're, they're not playing in the ACC title game. And if you, if, if you look at what they've got left, they could very easily lose another one in the ACC. So, yeah, that I, I just think trying to cover Keon Coleman, trying to cover Johnny Wilson, uh, trying to block Jared Verse, mm-hmm. these are all very difficult things. And I I just – Travis uh, Jordan Travis probably – Riley Leonard is a better NFL prospect to do quarterback. Jordan Travis, though, probably a, a better college quarterback within mm-hmm. the system he's in. Like, I don't know. I, I'm not going to overthink this. Give me Florida State. All they got to do is win by a field goal. So yeah, uh, I, I like I I'll
1: take it. I, I, and it's also a testament to what the ACC looks like as a, you know, in comparison to recent years, there's always Clemson and everybody else, right? Like we're saying if Clemson loses their, this first ACC game, uh, or not first ACC game, another yeah. ACC game that they're out like that, that's good for this conference because it's just yeah. been Clemson and nobody.
0: Well, um, it's kind of exciting. Cause you think about is it, Miami in it isn't, I mean, North Carolina's played very well so far this season. Duke looks Duke great.
1: Isn't that crazy? Like, you know, I, Brandon actually did this on unnecessary roughness where he was like, who do you, you know, who's the front runner? Who's second? Who's third? And I got all the way to three and I was like, we're not Duke? even talking about Duke. Like, we should, Duke is in the mix right now. I mean, that's crazy to think about. And it's great. Like I said, great for the conference, but I agree with you. I think Florida State's going to win out right.
0: Yeah. If you're, if you're an AD who's about to fire their coach, you're thinking awful lot about Mike Elko right now. He needs so. to come
1: back to college station. Is that too much to ask? Like, I miss that man in maroon and white. Please,
0: <laughs> please. I don't know. it's, uh, l- listen price of oil in December could determine a lot of things. Yeah, I
1: know it. I know it.
0: (laughs) We'll be right back with more picks, but first I want to tell you about bird dogs. I'm hitting the road to go to South Bend to cover Ohio State and Notre Dame, and packing is going to be so easy for me thanks to bird dogs because I live efficiently. When I want to go out to lunch or maybe visit the bar, boom, Indianapolis Jones is Perfect. They've already got the underwear included. The liner's right there. It's beautiful. They move with you. They feel like they were made just for you. When I'm working out, boom, Dorito Corleones. When I've got to cover something, look respectable, wear pants, the Stephen Jobs. Bird Dogs has it all. It all feels great. It looks great. Not too baggy, not too tight, just perfect. And oh, by the way, they also have polos like this beauty, the Fidel Bass Pro. So go to birddogs.com, and if you use the promo code STAPLES right now, you'll get a free Hydro Flask style bottle. birddogs.com, promo code STAPLES, load up, pants, shorts, workout shorts, polos, you name it. You will be comfortable, and you will live a life of maximum efficiency. All right, let us let us go up to Nippert Stadium. Cincinnati, Oklahoma comes to Cincinnati, Cincinnati's first ever Big 12 game. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma's a 14 and a half point favorite on the road. We had Dante Corley on the Cincinnati D-Tackle on the on the show yesterday, Casey. And he is he was talking about how excited everybody is to show off Nippert Stadium. It's the big noon game on, on Fox. I just feel like that level of excitement alone. Probably give Cincinnati a little bit of a boost in this game.
1: Yeah, have you been to a game there before?
0: I have not been to a game. I've been there a bunch of times just to interview people, Mm -hmm. and I can only imagine what it's like when it's really rocking because it is dug way deep into the ground. It's
1: it's a weird looking like situation.
0: Very intimate, like it's it's forty five thousand people just directly on top of you, and. I just I can't wait because it is going to be off the charts mm-hmm. excited with Oklahoma because this is the only time Oklahoma will come as a Big 12 opponent.
1: Right. Yeah, no it, it's I mean in the, the Big 12 in general right now that's like that weird feeling, right? Because you've got the two you know top leading teams with Texas and Oklahoma leaving. Cincinnati is frustrating to me as a better right now Andy because <laughs> I did not think they were going to be very good in their first year in the Big 12. And then the first two weeks, I'm told that I'm an idiot. I'm wrong. You know, they go out and they, they handle business. And then they go out last week and lose to Miami of Ohio. And you're just like, okay, well, what really is this team? And then meanwhile, I've been very hard on Oklahoma. You know, I, I like to go at it with Oklahoma fans a lot. But, you know, I think Oklahoma – taking care of business the way they have through the first three weeks is something, you know, not to turn your nose up because again, you talk about a team that has all the talent in the world and had a horrible year. Oklahoma is up there with the Brent Venables uh, first year experiment last year. I think I'm going to have to take Oklahoma. And I, I, I'm going to be honest, hand up. I think it's because of how bad Cincinnati looked last week and how Oklahoma has looked, but Cincinnati looked so bad. And I don't think Oklahoma is bad. I don't think they're bad at all. I think they can go out and cover this spread.
0: When Oklahoma's offense is working, they can cover any spread.
1: Yeah, that's, I, I mean, am I wrong to look at, you know, I know we're not supposed to do, you know, week to week every single time. But when you're gambling, you have to look and you'd be like, these guys lost to Miami of Ohio. And you've got the Oklahoma Sooners coming in and saying like, hey, people wanted to bury us last year, but they, they lost a few games. You know, they got, they got killed yeah. by Texas last year. But Oklahoma's not bad
0: at all. Well, here, here's my question about the Miami of Ohio game. Is it because Oklahoma is coming in that they lost? Were they looking ahead? Yeah. And it's the same same thing with Florida State and Boston College. We were talking about with the last game. Like, was that a look-ahead game? I I keep pointing out it was also the red bandana game at Boston mm-hmm. College, which they tend to play better in those. Right. And in this case, for Cincinnati, did they get a little full of themselves after they beat Pitt? Which, by the way, Pitt Pitt might not be good. No. Like, that that win might not mean as much. So. I just think Cincinnati better defensively than anything Oklahoma's seen so far they did not r- roll offensively against SMU Mm-mm. like that we, we've seen it against Arkansas State and Tulsa but those two teams are pretty bad they didn't do it against SMU 14 and a half is a ton of points so I'm gonna take Cincinnati okay again just similar to Auburn situation I don't know I don't think they're gonna win the game but you give me 14 and a half points, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take Cincinnati to cover here. And I just think they're going to be excited. That's going to be worth a few points for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emory Jones has looked pretty good at quarterback for them. They And then Dante Corleone, who is a real difference maker on the inside on defense. The, the, the offense Oklahoma runs, I just, this is also just in person watched a team decimate Tennessee's offense. I watched Florida make Tennessee look pretty bad offensively. It's a similar offense And if you can't get the run game going up the middle because a defensive tackle is wreaking havoc in there, it makes everything much harder to do on the outside, too. So I'm I'm thinking Dante Corleone may have an effect on Oklahoma's offense, you know, not so much that they can't score, but so mm-hmm. much they don't score as much as usual. Yeah, so. they can slow them down. Yeah, yeah. I, I
1: definitely, I don't hate that. Because you, you're not going to be able to completely stop that offense if you're Cincinnati. I mean, I, again, I could eat my words when we talk next yeah. week. But just to be able to slow them down. And I mean, 14 and a half is a lot of points, especially for, you know, a conference game at home. Um, I just, I, and I'm sorry, Cincinnati fans. You just, you were yelling at me. All yep. offseason, you were yelling at me through the first two weeks, and then you went out and did what you did last week. And so, for that reason, I'm going to have to take Oklahoma. But I could be wrong here.
0: Very, very vocal group, the Cincy fans. Cincy oh. and UCF fans feel like they're cut from the same cloth.
1: UCF fans are still very mad at me for making fun of their fake national championship a few years ago. And Listen, I. That I've...
0: fake national title sold a lot of t shirts. <laughs>
1: Yes, it did. Yes, it did. I mean, that was one of my first years, first seasons at Barstool. And boy, it was nice to be able to actually like let it fly and say what I wanted to say about it. Uh, but I've never been off the hook from UCF fans. So for the rest oh, of no, my they life, forget. they don't forget. They do not forget.
0: Now we go out to Eugene. Mm. And this is an interesting one because Coach Prime has brought so many people into the college football tent. I like I was thinking about this, you know, you had multiple celebrities in Boulder. You had celebrities tweeting about the game at 1.30 in the morning Eastern time, 9.3 million people watching. So uh, I do feel like we are, we're we're welcoming new people into the, the herd of, of college football fans here. But no Travis Hunter going to Oregon is a scary prospect. And Oregon is a three-touchdown favorite, but no Travis Hunter is really scary
1: very very scary yeah i mean i've made no secret that obviously i am high on colorado you know dion was on the pro football football show with me for the last three years and so you know just my my bias there from a personal standpoint But I, you know, when you looked at the Colorado schedule going into this season, you know, I thought that they were definitely going to do better. I mean, their total was three and a half wins. I thought that was an easy to take the over. But this is the this is the stretch that you started to look at, like, okay, you've got Oregon and then you've got USC and then you really get into the Pac-12 gauntlet. And this is when we're really going to see what Colorado looks like. Now, people who didn't think they were going to be any good at all said by the time this game happened, it wasn't going to be a storyline. Well, those people are obviously very wrong. The big thing, Andy, is, you know, Bo Nix and this offense at Oregon are very, very good. And what well, we've seen Colorado's defense look like with or without Travis Hunter, obviously without is a bigger, bigger problem. But they're not able to slow a lot of people down thus far. I mean, Shador Sanders and this offense can win in a shootout, and that might be true. But I mean, Bo Nix is a different type of quarterback than they've seen. And I think the bigger thing is when you look in the trenches, when you look at Colorado's offensive line and defensive line, they're just not up to caliber of what we're going to see Oregon trot out on Saturday. Do I think Colorado can cover the number? Yes. Will I convince myself by Saturday that they're going to win the game? Also probably. Yes. But I think, <laughs> I, I mean, that, I'm just being honest here. You know, that's what was. What what it it like, Casey,
0: what's like the like as a coworker? <laughs>
1: He's actually phenomenal, and I know people like roll their eyes when I say that, but I always I always tell the story the first time that we ever did the pro football football show with him. It was in 2020 and obviously you know people weren't going all over the place, so we were actually taking the company plane to his ranch every single Friday, so we were going into prime country, which was awesome. And I was so nervous the first time that I went, because I'm assuming, you know, hey, like Deion Sanders, you know, I've heard he's a great guy, but I'm sure he holds himself as being a very popular athlete, one of the best athletes of all time. And he's not going to care about me as a host. It was a complete opposite. And, you know, growing up in the Dallas area, obviously he was somebody that I watched with my with my family growing up and he's been phenomenal. and. Last season when I was pregnant and I was so self-conscious going on these shows and I felt horrible all the time and I I just needed their help to get me through. I mean, I posted a lot of videos. Like he is uncle prime. He's my son's uncle. And he got me through a lot of those shows. He's phenomenal. So of course I'm going to be biased when people are like, Oh, tell us your friends. Yeah, I am. But also he is a very good head coach and what he's done for this Colorado program. I mean, you know, that it's the most popular thing we've seen in college football probably ever.
0: So, I have a clip of Dion being asked about what Dan Lanning said earlier oh, this year. Because remember, Dan Lanning said, well, what have they won? I don't think they yes. did anything in the pack. And I figured that, you know, maybe that makes it personal. So he was asked if, if it made it personal. Oregon's head coach has spoken about Colorado a few times yeah. in the past. Is it personal once again this week? I, I respect
1: the heck out of this man, um, what he's accomplished, stepping in, taking over program, and keeping it not only rocking steady, but, but accelerating it. So – I'm uh I'm not a fan of anybody I mean except for you know some of the celebrities that got a tremendous gift but not in sports. Um, I respect the heck out of him. I love what he's accomplishing. I love who he is, the way he runs his team. I love the way he operates. So I got a lot of respect for him.
0: I don't know if he knows dan lanning's name but i can tell you right now dion had probably just watched some organ tape before he said that because that was there was no you made it personal it was no we respect the hell out of you please Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: A little bit of a different tune from Dion as we've seen over the last few weeks. But I mean, you know, at at this point and I, you know, I I made a whole, a whole stink about this too. Like I didn't care at all that the Colorado students rushed the field. If I was in school, I would have done the same thing. But Dion and those coaches know they should have won that game. I mean, the the spread was 24, you know, again, the way the game was won and everything surrounding it makes it a wins, a wins, a win. But Dion's very aware of what the, probably the narrative is, uh, you know, surrounding this game but it's also just a different team than we've seen. I understand TCU played for the national championship last year, different team, different quarterback. That defense looked God awful. Nebraska's not any good. Colorado state on paper should not have been a close game. This one is different. And I feel, and Dion knows how to play this. I mean, he's the best at his own PR. He knows that he can't go out there and say the same stuff, Andy. I mean, if he did, it would get the headlines, but he also knows better than to, to hype up Oregon and Bo Nix right now.
0: No, you don't want to get them mad at you because they are already physically more talented than you. I'm going to take Oregon to cover here. I'm going to take Dion's advice. Like, I'm going to read between the lines with with Dion and say, you know what, with no Travis Hunter, that probably adds another touchdown or two to -hmm. to Oregon's total, and they were already going to be able to score some. So I I will take Oregon to cover here.
1: I mean – Colorado's offensive line is going to have to do a way better job of protecting Shador. Because if you can imagine those Oregon defenders coming after him, he's going to be running for his life the entire game. And he has offensive weapons with or without Travis Hunter. But that's going to be the key for me is what that line of scrimmage looks like. But you know, I, I, I mean, I'm honest. I'm going to talk myself into this. Saturday before that game, I'm going to be like, nope, nope, money line, money line, money line. But I'll I'll oh,
0: take- and you're getting three touchdowns, so at least I mean, the cover's an easy take. Yeah, no, and, I, then, and then the show, money line. And awful, but- I'm taking
1: plus twenty one, but yeah. I also will probably be texting you at about three fifteen on Saturday <laughs> <Can't wait. laughs> saying money line. <laughs> money
0: line, I cannot wait. Well, we'll stay in the Pac twelve uh, for one. I'm I'm kind of excited for it because it's a. One of these teams we haven't really seen them play as anybody good yet. So we don't really know what they are. UCLA at Utah, Utah is a four and a half point favorite at home. UCLA has looked pretty good. Mm -hmm. I like Dante more, uh, their new quarterback who's a freshman and came from Detroit. So they, they import a Detroit quarterback right before they go to the big 10 ready to go. Uh, They import a running back from, from Indiana Carson Steele, right before they go to the big 10, but I just, Utah is, I keep, you know, I, I don't know. Are you like this where, when you list all the Pac-12 contenders, like Utah comes like fourth or fifth to mine. And then you're like, wait a second. Yes. Utah's won the league the last two years. They're unbelievable. With the why am I, why am I short selling these guys?
1: I'm so guilty of that. It's sometimes I get to like five or six and I'm like, wait, how have I missed Utah? I have a question for you. Do you think of all the teams thus far through week three, going into week four, that UCLA is probably the most under talked about good team in the country because it seems crazy to me that no one's talking about UCLA.
0: I'm just not sure if they're good or well. Okay, I know they're above average. What mm-hmm. I can't figure out is are they like Pac-12 title contender good, right? Or are they just kind of one notch below? Because I, I I think Chip Kelly's figured out what his style needs to look like, and it's a very physical style where they, they run a lot between the tackles and, and that sets up the passing game. But the, the thing about this game is it's possible cam rising plays mm. in this game. And if cam rising comes out and, and they have clearly given him time to recover, you know, if they, if they trotted him out there against Florida, I'd have been a little worried because it is, it would have been such a quick recovery, right. but we're, you know, we're sitting at our month into the season. It, it may be all right to, to bring him back at some point. That's gonna give the Utes such a boost and they're already pretty damn good. Like that's they as they get healthier, they're gonna get better. And then they had all other players at other positions that are getting healthier as as they go. And I just think I think Utah covers this just because they are rounding into form as they hit that that stretch run in the pack 12.
1: Yeah, we talked about it with the ACC, just kind of seeing, you know, where these teams are. The Pac-12 is, to me, the most interesting conference this year, which is sad because it's no longer going to be the Pac-12. We've got like two teams left for dead. Um, but this, this is going to really show exactly where UCLA is in the mix and exactly where Utah is. And, you know, you look at that Utah-Florida game. And, you know, obviously Florida goes out and kills Tennessee. You were there, you saw, it looks like a different team, but that to me is also a testament of this Utah defense. And it's really the way that they were able Mm -hmm. to say, Hey, you know, we don't have our starting quarterback, but it's going to be okay. We're going to, going to make it work. I don't know enough about UCLA. And I'll admit that like, I see on paper, how good they've looked. Their defenses looked good. Chip Kelly, I've not watched a full UCLA game.
0: It's hard to tell. I mean, and and, and why would you have, like, I, I watched a lot of the coastal Carolina game it was close and it was mm-hmm. on but you they've given you no reason to watch right
1: exactly Otherwise, so, so it's
0: it's very it's, hard
1: that's why i say it's under talked about maybe i it's under like i've under thought about it i don't know if that's a word but i'm gonna make it yeah. one uh for that reason i'm also going to take utah because i've seen what utah is able to do and then i've seen and i know we can't always do transitive property but we have to at some point and i've seen what they did against florida and then what florida yeah. has been able to do moving forward so j- for a gambling standpoint i have to be able to take utah because i at least know enough about them right. i don't know it, enough about
0: ucla it's not a ton of points either no. that's you're, you're not given you you know ucla doesn't have a lot to work with there so let us move to what i think might be the most entertaining game of the week just from a a off-field subplot mm-hmm. standpoint Ole miss going to tuscaloosa of course lane kicks it off sunday night by saying you know, I don't even know if Kevin Steele is actually calling the defense. It might be Traverus Robinson. And then it just snowballs from there. Like, this is, you've got Pete Golding got run out of Alabama because they thought he was the problem on defense. Now he gets to come in and drop, drop blitzes to try to get Jalen Milrow down. Like, I, this is so much fun. I have no idea what's going to happen.
1: It's headline after headline. And, you know, Lane Kiffin loves this stuff. And he, you know, he tweets more about Alabama sometimes, it feels like, than Ole Miss. But, you know, and I know we've said it in the past, but this year, this statement feels real. If it's going to happen for Lane Kiffin, I think it's going to be this year. I think that they are going to win this game outright. And I'm not saying that Alabama is a bad football team. I'm not saying that Ole Miss is entirely better than them. But what I do know for Alabama in a vacuum is they have a major problem with what's going on at quarterback because Jalen Milrow wins the starting job, loses to Texas had some really good plays and some God awful plays. Then they tried out the other two guys against UCF. They mightily struggle. And now it's like, no, actually Jalen Milroe's the guy. If you're that offense right now, if you're these, these players around him, around these guys, you're like, who's throwing me the ball. What's happening. What I do know is that Ole Miss has not only Jackson Dart, but they've got Spencer Sanders. They've got two guys that they know can play. And I'm not saying either one of those guys are, are just world-breaking great quarterbacks, but they're they're both proven as quarterbacks yeah. that they can get the job done. Alabama so, is going to be fine. I think Ole Miss finally gets the job done. I really do. I know it's in Tuscaloosa and that's tough, but if Lane Kiffin's going to do it, this is the game he's going to do it because I think Alabama's problems at quarterback run much deeper than just who's going to be the guy. I think this offense is confused about their identity until they know who that guy is.
0: Yeah. There's offensive line problems. Now Nick has said Milro's the guy. So right. the, the question is, do they, do they really truly build the offense around Milro this week? Right. It didn't feel like they had against middle Tennessee, or against Texas. It felt like that was the offense for any of those three guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you truly build around Milrow and he becomes a, a real run threat, design quarterback runs, that's tough to stop. Like he's a very good athlete and he's also, he throws a good deep ball. He's not a running back playing quarterback. Like he's got an arm, but I go back to last year, Casey Lane warned everybody about Ole miss and, and kind of fool's gold that mm-hmm. their, their schedule was very backloaded. He's like, Don't jump on the bandwagon quite yet because it gets tough. And they did kind of fall apart down the stretch. Yeah. But they played a six-point game against Alabama. He
1: the, The whole, like, fraudulent top 15, top 10 team situation happened a lot with them last year. It was like they just kept winning those games they were supposed to. And then, obviously, they ended up getting exposed. I... I think it's a bigger, again, I I keep saying like a bigger question about this SEC West as a whole, Andy, because I just I know we just saw LSU kill Mississippi State, but that might not necessarily mean too much. Mississippi State might be the worst in that division. I don't know who the best team in the SEC West is. And this is the type of game where we're really going to see it. When you look at David versus Goliath and you look at Nick Saban versus Lane Kiffin and how Lane Kiffin's career was resurrected because of Nick Saban, it's easy to say, well, of course, Alabama is going to win. I don't think that right now I feel comfortable doing that because I think the quarterback situation is so much worse at Alabama. I could eat my words. I could totally eat my words. But if you don't know who that guy is going to be and you struggle the way that I mean, and I know they're saying it's going to be Jalen Milrow, but we saw last week that wasn't necessarily the case. I think Ole Miss gets it done. I think this they do. Feels, I think Lane gets his flowers.
0: This feels different with Alabama. It feels it like does. there are real problems. that It that does. Need to and be addressed. people
1: got so, you know, we talked about this on unnecessary roughness, like after the Texas game, you know, I said, two things can be true. Texas can be really good and they are Quinn. Ewers looked phenomenal in that game and they deserve all the praise in the world. This Alabama team, despite having the recruiting numbers and grades that they have does not look like a prototypical Alabama team. Team, And it's right. not just because they have problems at quarterback. It's the guys around him are not able to say, Hey, you can just manage the game. Just get us the ball and we'll be fine. As of right now, this team doesn't look like a Nick Saban team. In November, are we going to be saying something different? Maybe, but this Alabama team has way bigger problems than just Ole Miss on Saturday.
0: Yeah. I'm also not seeing that first round receiver that we, we got no. so used to seeing. Last year, they didn't have it either, but uh, that is also a problem when you play. Because a team like Ole Miss has good athletes right. in the secondary like you're not going to be able to, to run past them very often. You're going to, you, you might be able to trick them. You might be able to bu- get them to bust a coverage, but you need a Jerry Judy or a Jalen Waddle mm-hmm. to just physically dominate people right. like you're going to see throughout the sec West. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm taking Ole Miss for sure to cover Uh money line feels pretty good in this one too, but for sure yeah. to cover, if you're going to give me a whole touchdown, I need to see Alabama play offense effectively to believe because I've seen it look really bad two consecutive weeks. And really like, bad. And and
1: it, they also need the consistency, that offensive, you know, that the room as a whole, because I it it seemed like there were a lot of guys, you know, from reports and such that that the offense was not happy that Jalen Milrow did not start against USF last week. So maybe that does, you know, help them move forward now that he has said they know who their quarterback's going to be. But if he doesn't play well, how long does he get to not play well? Do they change it at halftime? Do they put somebody else in? I don't know, but I know that Ole Miss, uh, this is the type of game that I, I think we look up and we're like, well, Lane Kiffin, he finally did it. He damn did the thing.
0: <laughs> I just can't wait for the press conference. Uh, oh. we, 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 we've we mashed up Lane Kiffin and, and Nick Saban on the show yesterday, and it was uh, it was spectacular. I, I, I don't know if Lane's been doing research on how Nick acts in press conferences, or if he just <laughs> by being around him he knows. some of this through osmosis, but it's it's truly amazing uh, on this other thing that I hear floating around out there, I'm sure you've seen the same reports that I've seen, is
1: Kevin Steele is the defensive coordinator. Um, you know, just, he has he is all the defensive coordinator like responsibilities. So you know, you have, you have for uh, the only yeah, thing that I didn't move um, on from administration yeah, again, I was asked the
0: question was what was like game day administration of getting the signals thing. in court. Um, all right. So they're the same person now.
1: It, I mean, I know I'm not the first person to float this idea out there. It's not an original thought, but I mean, isn't Lane kind of like auditioning for the Alabama job anyway? So maybe he's doing that a little bit. There you go. There you go. I, you know again like I, that's that's definitely something that's been floated out into the ether plenty of times but I mean maybe this is just I putting it on was all getting
0: the Alabama job I what now we're I giving mean, it to Lane I'm so confused
1: you never you never know you never know <laughs> although you know I we have some Alabama fans in the office here and we told them they were crazy they said they'd rather have Lane than Dabo which I still think I mean Dabo's won some national titles recently yeah. so it's not it's but Alabama fans like Lane kiffin a lot I think they I, I think do. they're gonna hate him. A little bit more after this weekend because I do think that they win.
0: All right. Let us stay in the SEC West. Arkansas at LSU. LSU is a 17 and a half point favorite at home. This is another, talk, like you just mentioned, with LSU just blowing up against Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. I mean, they dominated. Uh, Malik Neighbors set a record for yard receiving yards and a half. Like it was, it was something to watch. Uh, but I, I went back and watched the Arkansas BYU game. Bar. I think LSU may be able to do that to them too. <laughs>
1: Oh God. Why'd you put yourself through that? Now you want to talk about, I know you said you, you had some bad picks. So we do like our, our proper picks on the college Mm -hmm. football show, which is our best play of the week. Uh, I've not won one yet. And last week I talked myself into Arkansas minus eight against BYU. And you know, I don't expect you to know this, but like Arkansas fans and I, we have, we have a a heated rivalry. Arkansas fans hate me and I am not a big fan of them, but I put that aside, Andy. And I said, Arkansas took care of business against BYU last year. KJ Jefferson is supposed to have taken the next step. I think that we don't sometimes give Sam Pittman enough credit for kind of digging Arkansas out of that gross pit that they were in. And they proved me wrong. So I've learned my lesson. I'm not taking Arkansas anymore. But I did take LSU against Mississippi State. And I did feel very confident about that. Because not not because of Mississippi State, but because I thought that LSU was going to figure out what the hell went wrong. And now just because of that, you want to talk about transitive properties on the field? I'm doing it with my betting because Arkansas made me mad last week and played horribly against BYU and LSU take care of business. I'm taking the 17 and a half.
0: I, I'm going to take LSU too in this one. I Defensively, they shut down Arkansas last year. That game was really ugly, though, because Arkansas did not let LSU score. It was really was, weird to watch. Well, but I think LSU should be fine offensively. It, it feels like they're hitting a groove now. And so, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take LSU to cover that, that gigantic number. Plus, it's at home. You know, yeah. LSU, the only game they played at home so far is grambling. So they haven't really gotten a chance to play a, a, an opponent of note with that crowd behind them. Uh, and, you know, I think they still they still feel like they have something to prove after what happened against Florida State because they did get dominated in the second half of that game. But they are a talented team. They are a mm-hmm. team that, that playing at full throttle should be able to beat anybody in the country. So I am uh, I am prepared to... And and I picked Mississippi State in that game. I thought Mississippi State oh, was going to win that game outright. And I'm just watching the first half like, I've never <laughs> been this wrong in my life.
1: <laughs> it happens. It happens. You know, Vegas knows better than us sometimes, and sometimes they just trick us. But nobody expected Jaden Daniels to do what he did last week either. I mean, I expected them to win and to cover, but he had a historically good day. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, you know, broke, breaking records at LSU and and all of that. So you know, give yourself a little credit because Jaden Daniels, you know, he we saw some games last year where he looked incredible, and then they go out and they have games where, like, they lose to an A&M team that they had no yeah. business losing to at the end of the season. So I think if, if Jaden Daniels looks even 75% of the way he did last year or last week, this week, they'll be fine. If he looks the same way, exact same way, I mean, this is a blowout from the beginning.
0: Let's go to Pullman for next year's Pac-12 championship game. I mean, it has to be because they'll be the only ones left Oregon state and Washington state.
1: It's sad. It's just, it's they're left for dead, Andy. I mean, how can you just leave two teams for dead like that?
0: Well, in this game, so this is a Fox game. This is another chance for the fans in Pullman to show how amazing the atmosphere is Mm -hmm. in Pullman, which they did for the Wisconsin game, by the way, They, they looked awesome. And I just, I'm very excited for this game. It's a a two-and-a-half-point spread. Oregon State, a a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. I've enjoyed the DJ Uyangalale Revenge Tour. I think that – listen, when you put a guy with an arm like that behind an offensive line that good, Mm -hmm. good things happen. And so I've enjoyed watching the Beavers this year, but this is their first real test. And although – I mean, well, going down to San Diego State and making it look pretty easy – I was very impressed by that that was one that I thought that, that they'd have a little bit tougher time winning that game and then Washington State uh, that Colorado state that team that Colorado struggled with Washington State did not struggle with At and all. then they beat Wisconsin as well so.
1: This this game is like, it, you know, it's a kind of a I say sad, like obviously I'm not actually sad about it, but it, it's it's weird because you look at the two teams that are left, which is these two teams. They're both ranked in the top 25. And yeah. you talk about a game that not a lot of people are talking about unless you're breaking down the entire slate like we are. This is one of those games. and You're talking about the 14th and the 21st team in, in the country playing each other. And it's just kind of an afterthought. And I agree with you. I love the DJ experiment, especially because we're seeing how the Kade Clubnik era right mm-hmm. now has gone for Clemson, and it's and good for him. You know, he got shoved to the other coast and is playing well against this Oregon State team who returned a lot of talent. I don't even know the way that I feel. Like I it's Wednesday when we're recording this, and so right yeah. now my gut says take Washington State at home just because. Oh yeah, because Coleman's be awesome.
0: magic when when they're excited about a game.
1: I know, and it's at night, and so that's my gut feeling. But I, you know, I don't know. I think Oregon State. Is a team that we're going to look at at the end of the year that you know is going to throw some wrenches in the Pac-12 race. I don't think they're going to be at the top. I don't think that they're going to be contending yep. for the Pac-12 title. But I think that somebody along the way who is the front runner is going to slip up and loose Oregon State because they're a really talented team. Yeah. So is Washington State. I just it's sad to me. Like this this game should be so much more exciting. And I look at it, I'm just like these two guys are just like hello somebody. Well, give it, me a it, home.
0: It, it hurts that it's uh, what it's up against. On yeah. television, that's that's part of the problem. And the two games we're going to get to, you—I mean, you guys understand. I understand that you guys are probably going to be watching those other two games. I'm going to take Oregon State in this one too. Okay. I think I think that level of line play travels, and I'll I'll take that until until I'm proven wrong. Until I see them not capable of, of blocking the opposing defense, or or mm-hmm. they're not getting after the quarterback. I I just think they they are so good up front that it's hard not to pick them in a lot yeah. of these games, unless they're playing like a Caleb Williams or, you know, they're playing right. somebody like that. So yeah, I'll take Oregon state. And, uh, and now we head to state college for the whiteout mm. Iowa Penn State. So we all, uh, here's the, uh, the deal on this Casey. we will pick this game cause it's a good game. We'll pick against the spread, but we always also pick the Iowa total. And oh, well, yeah, I was uh, horribly wrong last week. Uh, <laughs> I went under as one does and they scored 41 and all, they all, I, I think the total is 42 and a half, so I think they almost pulled it off themselves. So um this so we got a 40 and a half total, and it's a 14 and a half point spread. Penn State is the favorite. I here's what I think happened. I don't think I was gonna score very much in this game at all. I the, the drive for 325, Brian Ferrance, they're 10 points ahead of the pace. Yeah, I think there's a really true. good chance they're right on the pace. When this game is over, that they probably score about 15 in this game. So uh, I watched, you know, I watched Penn State against Illinois, and that defense, they're pretty good. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they, they're, you know, Chop Robinson, Abdul Carter, they make quarterbacks pretty miserable. And so Cade McNamara may be the next victim here. The question is, what does the Iowa defense do? To Penn State's, how much does it slow Penn State's offense? Because they're going to slow it down some. Mm-hmm. The question is, how much?
1: Yeah the the Iowa total. Now I'm sitting here thinking like I, I didn't even think about if I wanted to take the the over or the under. That's that's on my brain right now. But I I like Penn State in this game. Um, you know, to be completely honest, going into the season, I said you know I don't know what Drew Aller is going to look like. I know the Penn State fans were ready. To move on from Sean Clifford. And I think sometimes that was a little bit unfair because Sean Clifford was still a pretty damn good quarterback a lot of the time, but they're very high on Drew Aller. And, you know, he hasn't looked perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and especially last week. There's a little bit of sleepwalking, but I think he he is the answer for this offense. And, you know, Iowa to me being able to score the the way they did last week tells me there's no way they're going to be able to do a back-to-back weeks because that's just the Iowa identity, right? I mean, you know, the fact that we have deep fakes of Brian Ferentz talking about the offense and how many points he (laughs) has to score to keep his job. uh, Some people believed it like my co-host, but regardless, (laughs) I am going to take Penn state. I know you texted me about that, but I mean, that's the thing. That's how realistic this Iowa storyline is that people are out there making deep fakes about, you know, Ferentz talking about how he has to hit a certain number in his contract, because that's a real thing. And I think this Penn State team uh, is really going to contend against Michigan, Ohio State in the East this this year. And so I'm going to take them in the points. It's a lot of points, but I don't, Iowa can't score against Penn State, in my opinion.
0: What scared me about Penn State last week was Johnny Newton had such a good game mm-hmm. against what should be a good Penn State offensive line. Johnny Newton's the, the defensive tackle from Illinois, and he was well, he kind of plays all over the line but he was yeah. all over the place. And yeah, he was, I was got great personnel throughout the front seven. Like I'm worried that they're, that Penn state is going to look slender. But the thing about that Penn state, Illinois game is when you look back up at the end, it's still a 17 point win. It's you know right. 130 to 13. It didn't look pretty, but they still pretty much dominated the game. So yeah,
1: it's, it's a, it's definitely a game that if you weren't watching it from start to finish, you're like, why are we even talking about this game? But if you were watching it, there were definitely concerns. And if, a, if you're a Penn state fan, you have to be concerned a little bit, but they closed it out the way that they needed to. And I, I think maybe it's more, I just don't trust Iowa here. I just don't that's trust the, thing, I I,
0: the the way I Penn can. state covers this is they, they dominate the Iowa offense and mm-hmm. maybe force some turnovers. And then offense for Penn State gets some short fields and and, and gets some easy points, which right. is entirely possible. And the whiteout atmosphere is fantastic. You know, I I do remember the, the one whiteout where Iowa came in and Adrian Claiborne blocked the punt. And that was that was like you never seen that many people get quiet so fast. Oh, but it's but the whiteout is one of the the cooler atmospheres in college football, and I imagine oh one of the more intimidating ones for an opponent. So,
1: Oh, for sure. For, I've never, I've been to the, I've been to Penn state for a wideout game. We didn't actually stay for the game. We had to like jump on a plane and, and come back to New York, but even just the atmosphere around Penn state as a whole is always crazy. But then you know that it's the wideout, and they do have a new, like, energy spark with this mm-hmm. with Drew Aller and with this offense and it's kind of like you know James Franklin all right like when are you going to take that next step and, and do something to really catapult yourself back into the conversation because it just seems like every year they fall a little bit short I don't think it was Sean Clifford's fault all the time I know Penn State fans like to kind of put it on him sometimes but if Drew Aller's the answer here there's going to be a lot of energy uh, at yeah. State College and I think Penn yeah State
0: exactly that's one of those it can get because I was at the 2017 Michigan game which was a whiteout, and the energy in the stadium is it's just crazy off the charts. And that's the one where they they flipped uh Saquon and Trace McSorley on the first play and made it look like one was, you know, the, the basically McSorley is looks like the running back and Saquon looks like the the quarterback and Saquon takes it for a touchdown. That's and it was it, like from that point on, Michigan was like, "What well, we're done." Yeah, Michigan <laughs> like we're up. done here.
1: We don't so, want to be here anymore.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I that I will take Penn State here. I will I will believe in the power of the whiteout, and I also think Penn State may have been looking ahead a little bit too. Mm-hmm. You know, they were in a a, a, fur, a road conference game. It was the first Big Ten home game for for Illinois, and it may have just been. And that's what I, if you're noticing a theme. This week, it's me going which of these was the anomaly just because of the weird circumstance and which is this is the team we should expect to see. And it's it's really hard to figure out.
1: It is. It's so hard, especially because you know, week three was on paper, not a good slate. You need to put that in air quotes because obviously anytime we have college football, it's a good a good week. But there were so many games by the end of week three that you're just like, wait a minute, what happened? Florida State mm-hmm. beat BC by two points. Yeah, they had Alabama. a face mask
0: penalty that that saved them? Like yeah, like how it's is that it's possible.
1: Crazy. So I'm doing the same thing. I'm also trying to almost fade myself a little bit because sometimes mm-hmm. I'll talk myself into some things. And I'm like, "Well, no, 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 you know, rationally, what you actually want to take." So I don't know if I'm fading myself or if I'm actually giving you my correct picks at this point because I'm just so bad this season so far. So we'll, well see.
0: Here's here's the big one: mm. Ohio State at Notre Dame. Ohio State's a three oh. and a half point favorite on the road. This is – I'm going to this game. I can't wait. I I imagine you guys will be set up with the the college football show here. No,
1: we're actually – we're in studio this week in Chicago. But there will – Frank the Tank will be with Shane Gillis in South Bend, which is a weird enough combo as it is.
0: Okay. Well, so you'll have good video coming out of South Bend for sure.
1: Yes. I will be at home with my son watching this game. He'll he'll probably be asleep at this point. But I will be watching Frank the Tank on the sidelines of Notre Dame, which is crazy. (laughs)
0: This – this is just going to be incredible in terms of atmosphere. There has not been, I, I was asking some people about this yesterday and the consensus we came to was there hasn't been a game this big at Notre Dame since USC came in there in 05, since the Bush push game. Mm-hmm. And because they feel so good about their chances. They love Sam Hartman. They feel like he's the missing piece, but then you've got Ohio state on the other side that feels like they finally got that defense fixed and they're not going to give up, you know, two touchdowns of 40 yards or more through the air, which was their downfall the last two years where they just, for whatever reason, couldn't, couldn't stop giving up the big plays. I, I really don't know how I feel about this one, Casey.
1: Yeah, this is, this is tough because it's like, do you believe what we've seen from Notre Dame through the first three weeks, which I think it's hard not to, because I think that, you know, you talk about a quarterback coming in and changing the identity. Sam Hartman has come in and said, you know, I can handle this offense, but they haven't really played anybody The bigger thing for me, Andy, is, is, you know, when we look at, at Notre Dame, let's just take like the last, you know, 10 to 12 years, anytime that they have made it to the national stage, whether it was the national championship in 2012 or when they've made it to the playoff, they've embarrassed themselves. And the narrative has been, oh, my God, Notre Dame can get it done in the regular season. But when they make it to that big dance, they do something stupid and they kind of show who they actually are. This is one of those games where you look and you say, "Okay, if Sam Hartman is this guy and if this offense and this defense has taken that next step forward and he was the missing puzzle piece and they can even even if they lose to Ohio State, but keep it close. But especially if they win against a team who was in the college ball playoff last year, that narrative for Notre Dame is done for the rest of the season unless they go out and, you know, embarrass themselves against USC or Clemson or somebody else. But this team, to me, feels like they found what they needed. They found a guy, at quarterback that they can trust. He's a veteran guy. They, they don't have questions. You know, when he's going through his progressions, they're not like, oh, my God, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. It's at home. There's so much hype. Ohio State absolutely destroyed somebody they should have destroyed last week. That's true. They know Kyle McCord is their quarterback. You've got Marvin Harrison. You've got all the talent in the world. But are they still Ohio State of of the last few years? I don't know. I do know that Notre Dame looks really good, and I'm going to take them to Notre Dame to win. I will probably change my mind by Saturday, but I'm believing That's in fine. here.
0: You get to pick whatever you want on your own show. That's
1: <laughs> okay. Fair. Okay. Yeah. Fair.
0: Yeah. No. Th- there are no rules. Like I have to be held to this because this is okay. my home court. But like, if I go on another show on Friday and say something completely different, then it's fine. And I will I will ask them to send me that clip
1: there you so go so
0: that I can put that out if that one happens to be right. So what
1: I should do is take different picks that I'm saying right now on my show, so then I can have one way or the other I'm right.
0: Right. Go completely opposite because like okay. I'll drop this in a Google <laughs> Drive when we're done. And so you'll have the video to chop up. So whichever go. ones of these you get right, you pump those out on Sunday morning, I'm like, see, told see? you.
1: I was right, but don't but don't you like you feel that way about Notre Dame this year? That there's a different feeling around them. That it's like they're actually legit national title conversation pieces.
0: Yeah, I also feel like now this is the last year it matters because once they go to the 12 team playoff, they just have to win 10 games and they're in every year. But they could go 11 and one against this schedule and make the playoff Mm -hmm. as long as it's the right one. And actually, if they were to beat Ohio State and USC. They probably could stand to lose another one and be okay. But even if they split Ohio state and USC, as long as the loss is close, I think people are going to go, you know what? They're, they're right in the mix they're, they're they're a contender. So I do think Sam Hartman is the difference. He's, he's what they've kind of been waiting for a quarterback who could turn. What is a, a always a good offensive line, always a pretty effective running game into something that can then stretch the field because you are scared of what they can do on the ground and that makes their play action game that much better,
1: thousand percent. And you don't have to question his decision making in that process either, because he seems to actually know, like we, you know, what he needs to be doing. And I think mm-hmm. Notre Dame fans recently have been like, we don't know if our guy knows what he wants to actually do. You do know that now with Sam Harmon.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now covering Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Buka not easy. No. <laughs> I'm no, not I mean, gonna lie, <laughs> that's going to be tricky. They're they're gonna now. Ohio State's offensive line was was getting criticized earlier this year but it's one of those they're kind of nitpicky we haven't really seen them against this level of competition yet right nor have we seen Notre Dame's offensive line against this level of competition but we expect it to be good because it's it's just historically always good so yeah. I'm gonna go with Notre Dame's offensive line being able to hold up mm-hmm. and then maybe Notre Dame being able to get a little pressure on Cal Accord and and making him nervous I'll take Notre Dame too I, I'm taking the Irish and you know, be a good it's not just picking the home team, but th- there, there are a lot of home environments this week and, and home field does matter in college football. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of home environments this week where the environment is going to give a team a boost.
1: Yeah. And this is also a big moment, too, for the Heisman race, because, you know, you talk about guys, you know, we know who the the front runners are. But if Sam Hartman goes out and and beats this Ohio State defense, which under Jim Knowles in his second year is a better defense like that, to me, you know, he's going to start really rising up some people's Mm -hmm. ranks. And he's already on a lot of lists. You know, he's kind of on the outside looking in. This is a massive game for not just Notre Dame in the national spotlight for also for him. And Ohio State, you know, the first couple of weeks, they they were kind of slow starting, kind of sleepy. But they beat a Western Kentucky team that is not bad. They are not yeah. a bad team. And they, they throw the know, hell out of the ball. Yeah, I mean, 63 to 10. So this game is going to be great because it's not, it's not going to be just, you know, who comes out of this as kind of a leader in – the, the college football playoff conversation respectively for depending on, on which team wins. It's also really big for these two quarterbacks. Cause if Kyle McCord can do the same thing, you know, I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to be rising up Heisman rankings right away. Cause we just learned he's the guy, but that confidence level in Ohio state with him as solidly the guy going into South bend, if they get a win, this is massive for both of those well, guys.
0: And it helps them so much. Like when they play Penn state in right. a few weeks, they'll, right. they'll be more ready for that because exactly. one of the things with Ohio state that has been an issue is not playing anybody kind of at their level. And you can argue that Notre Dame when they played them last year was not at their level. Mm -hmm. So, and they weren't necessarily challenged before they got to the really challenging big 10 games. And it took them, took them a while. So this way you go into big, big 10 play feeling like you have, you've been challenged. You, you've been measured. So
1: uh oh you're okay wait. you're okay <laughs> no, you're okay i know you have this room okay. no, you're sorry i'm almost done
0: sorry no, no, no. oh no it's no fault. we've kept you way too long no 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 it's not
1: your fault it's you know what it's this barstool sports office we have no organization so i apologize for that the, no. welcome to barstool sports
0: that's that's what we come to expect from you guys
1: it's, it's, it's <laughs> i'm so sorry
0: Feature, not a bug, Casey. Feature, not a yeah, bug. Yeah, we got we have
1: we have girls walking in singing Taylor Swift. You know that we're we're sitting here chopping it up about this week four slate. We've got Taylor Swift news coming in hot right after me. So well,
0: that's I mean, what we Jason do. Jason Kelsey did admit that she and Travis are dating. So it is a it is a big. It's
1: deal. huge. I mean, the current argument around here, Andy, which is ridiculous, is if she's using Travis Kelsey for clout. I mean, what, are girls, <laughs> what are we doing here?
0: He doesn't. She didn't even know who he was.
1: No, I mean, it, and listen, <laughs> so, I, I'm a, I'm not a, a gigantic Taylor Swift fan. Like I like her music. She's great. I can respect it. She's one of the most famous people on the planet. No offense, Travis, she does not yeah. need you.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, no, it's like the Dion thing. Like we were just talking about it's, it, it's a whole different level of famous Dif- Dion different Sanders and, versus any other football coach.
1: Exactly. Well, and, and, you know, to, to kind of full circle it back to Colorado too. It's like, Dion's used to this celebrity, right? These coaches are probably used to it to a little bit. These these college football players, like, can you imagine Lil Wayne hanging out at your locker? Like, I would lose my brain. Like, it's, again, it's like we're seeing a level of celebrity in college football that I don't think we've seen since Johnny Manziel. um, And it's going to keep getting bigger. I mean, Dion is bigger, but you know what I mean, just from, like, the standpoint. But that's why this weekend, that Oregon game, I think, this is a weird prediction, but I think more people will watch Oregon, Colorado than Notre Dame, Ohio State, which is crazy.
0: I, I after before last weekend, I would never have believed you.
1: I think it's going to happen.
0: But right, we'll write this down on your show. Okay. Predict that more people will watch Ohio State and Notre Dame. Yeah. And then you're covered both ways.
1: There you go. Okay. Done.
0: Thank <laughs> you, hey, Casey.
1: Thank you so much, Danny.